Uh, that was quick again this week. Jeez. Uh, welcome to another episode of Talking Talkies. As always, I am Dan, and also as always, I am joined by Chris. Yes, and Dan apparently this week is out of breathy. He's like, <gasps> all right. Well, it's because we had a pretty odd movie to watch this week. But hey, this isn't just about the movie this week, you guys. We got a special guest on Talking Talkies this week. It's Wiggly of Giant Media Ball. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Fuck a suck. Fuck a suck. Yes. Week. Okay. So this is a not safe for work edition. <laughs> Only thirty seconds in. Not bad. Yeah. Hey, I asked before a show. You said, "Yeah, try not to do it," and uh, that was the <laughs> well, first thing out of my you, mouth. You definitely tried. That's for sure. <laughs> Couldn't contain myself. It's. A, I mean, this is. That's what you take away from this movie. Let's face it. Well, that's true. And now you only get a participation ribbon for this event. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this week we are watched Donnie Darko. And as you guys know, all March long is Listener Request Month. Last week we did the entire Back to the Future trilogy, which was awesome. Favorite movies of mine. But this week we uh, toned it back to just one film, which made it a lot easier on my schedule. So uh, thank you to Matthew McFarland, codenamed Matt Awesome, for the, dare I say, awesome suggestion of Donnie Darko, a film that I own on DVD and probably haven't watched in, like, four years at least. Um, I got to admit something, Chris. I, uh, I must have heard wrong because I watched Christmas Comes to Packland. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I thought that's what we were supposed to watch. Oh man, is that so, uh, part of Pack Month? Waka, waka, it is waka, part waka. of Pack Month! Hashtag Pack Month! And waka 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 waka! Of course, Santa gets uh, scared by uh, the ghosts. Pac Man eats Pac Man, Pac Baby, and uh, and uh, Dan like Peck Inky, adjusts Inky, the audio. Blinky and then Clyde. Inky, Pink, yeah. Clyde, and. Uh, and Sue, and one, right? They, they, with Sue, and then I think there's one more they throw they threw in there. But anyway, so uh, they're Pac-Man and his family and his dog and his cat are they're they're tobogganing, and uh, and then and they crash and then the ghosts come after him. Pac-Man goes for the pack pellets in the secret pack emergency uh, kit that's in the that's forest. Thing, apparently. Yeah, and uh, and oh, all the pack pellets are gone. Here, the ghosts had already stolen them. They put them in a bag. Pac-Man starts chucking snowballs at the ghosts, and the ghosts stupidly start throwing pack pellets back instead of snowballs. <laughs> they eat their things, chase them. Now they're turning into ghost eyeballs. They the ghost eyeballs fly up. The reindeer get startled. They crash. Santa sleigh. Then Santa dies. Pac-Man puts on the outfit. He becomes Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Pack. Uh, but the reindeers do look like they're dead. They're all just laying around with half of their heads sticking out. It's like reindeer games. Do they have X's instead of eyes? No, but they're not moving. <laughs> well, so they're anyway, not, they're not dead if there's no X's. Isn't that the rule? That's true, I guess. They're just in a coma. That's much better. Yeah. So, but then, uh, then you know, of course, they nurse pack. They nurse Santa back to health. He's barefoot, running around for some reason. And uh oh, it's going to be too late. Nobody knows what Christmas is and what happens. They go to the pack pellet forest, of course, which is a gated community, and they give all the reindeer <laughs> pack pellets. They get all hopped up on pack pellets, and and uh, everything's saved. Do they pack up? Like they pack up. Again? Yeah, they get they take they uh, summon some of the reindeers. I saw shooting uh, the pack pellets into the other reindeers. Uh, what do you call that? Flank, I guess is the oh my, God. my Little Pony uh, 
area. No, I'm, the flank. I'm sorry, I'm not a brony, so I Well, you better be. Reference. Better be brony. Uh, Let me tell you something, brony. You know how many people have told me I need to become a brony because it's right up my alley? I'm actually kind of terrified. Every time I see it on my Netflix recommendation, I'm like, oh, is this going to be the day? That's how I was. It's, it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. Yeah. Now, I've been told I have to get past the first episode. Well, I'm a jabroni, so I, did, I, mean, like, I won't buy a doll. I might buy a pillow or a shirt that says 20% cooler. But I'm not going to buy a doll that i got to comb its hair and stuff like that. So... I'm I, I'm more of a jabroni. <laughs> so what happened in this darny Darko fella? What? What's what makes him so dark? Oh. <laughs> well, first of all, it's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's great? He is great in everything I've ever seen him in. Uh, if I if you find me something that Jake Gyllenhaal was bad in, please point that out to me, and I'll actually check that out because I have yet to see it. This is what ran to tie into uh, to that club fabe of Cabe's. Uh, this is what Randy Orton tries to go for, I think. Like the Donnie Darko style. Yeah, like like the Jake Gyllenhaal crazy because it's more. I mean, I mean, he's got the he's got the uh, the Grinch grin. Speaking of Christmas, <laughs> when you when the Grinch uh, grins, that's what that's what happens to the sides of this guy's mouth. But. You know, it's more of a subtle crazy. You know, it's not like, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm completely. Is he still crazy, that guy? I don't know. Well, he just made a face turn, so. Oh. Kinda yes. Is he I a mean, cobra he was... ready to strike? No, he's a viper. Oh, he's a viper. Okay. Oh, get your snakes right. <laughs> he's a viper. The viper yes. who vipes. Fights the mongoose. <laughs> he's a viper who vipes. <laughs> Indeed. Um. Well, next week is Kill Bill. There'll be more on vipers. Ah, for sure. I won't be here. No. Well, you never know. I you won't make... get invited back to anything I'm on. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This guy, it's, it's that Pac-Man Christmas special. I don't know. I mean, I might want to hear more about that. I watched Donnie Darko again, even though I thought I was pretty cool on it. I watched S. Darko, and I also watched Harvey, 1950s Harvey, starring no. one James Stewart. Now, I have never seen S. Darko, and that's mostly because I've never heard a positive review about it. And you won't. Okay, so am I better not seeing it, or should I just check it out to check it out? The next time you're ready to watch Donnie Darko, watch S. Darko first, and that will make you appreciate... And I'm not saying this to be a wise-ass. It, really, it really will make you appreciate Donnie Darko so much more and realize the intricacies and the uh, specialness of Donnie Darko uh, as opposed to what it could have been like S. Darko. Gotcha. On a, scale of, uh, on a scale of 2 to 12, S. Darko scores a none. <laughs> well, that is a hell of a review. Yeah. All right. So the date is October 2nd, 1988. Vote Dukakis. The place mm. is Middlesex, Virginia, which is supposedly not a real place, although I've totally heard of Middlesex's, and I've absolutely heard of Virginia. So I know that's real. But yeah. can't they have middle sex when they're virgins? <laughs> it's a side hug. <laughs> a naked side hug. <laughs> Awkward boners. Yes. So, um, Donnie Darko is a troubled teenager. He's very odd. He's on a lot of medication. He's in therapy. And his 
His family, I mean, his his parents are just kind of like, they're kind of just jokesters, you know, they laugh at a lot of shit that he says, including when they're basically swearing at the table. What's a fuck-ass? And his dad stifles a laugh. So I should tell you all about the stability of this family right away. Uh, his sister's trying to get into college, his older sister, and then his younger sister is competing in a dance troupe. Yes, Samantha. 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 S- which would be the S. That is S. Darko. That's right. In S. Darko. Ten, ten years later. So, Donnie is uh, chilling out in his room, going to sleep, and he, watching watching a Ronald Reagan speech. And he hears this weird voice that leads him outside, kind of an awkward demonic voice, and it's this figure in a really hideous rabbit costume, whose name is Freck. Frank the Rabbit, and he says that the world is going to end in 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds, which is related to the lunar cycle. little piece of trivia there. Uh-huh. Um, because he led Donnie outside of his bedroom, he actually saves Donnie's life as a jet engine crashes into their house and lands right in his bedroom, right on his bed where he would have been sleeping. This is revealed after his sister sneaks back in, his father's passed out, and this jostles everybody awake. But the mysterious thing about the jet engine is that nobody knows where it came from. They can't locate an airplane that is missing an engine, and the serial number appears to be scratched off. So they have to sign all these non-disclosure things about not discussing it, which Donnie thinks is funny because he's like, so basically we have to sign a non-disclosure to discuss something that we don't even know. (laughs) That nobody knows, yeah. Maybe the engine was lost in time. (laughs) Spoilies. Two time travel movies in a row. Yeah, we really did. Um, His older sister, Elizabeth, by the way, is played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's kind of something cool to throw out there as far as trivia goes. Um, We also know that Donnie is seeing a psychotherapist named Dr. Thurman. This is Catherine Ross's character. And he starts kind of confiding in her about these visits from Frank. You know, is, Frank a, is Frank real? Is Frank imaginary? Who is Frank? What is Frank? And is Frank behind some of Donnie's actions, which we're going to start talking about I know, but here. Frank's father uh, saved the planet on Independence Day in Independence Day. <laughs> he, uh, he did. He certainly did. He said, in the words... Of my generation, people try to put us to down. <laughs> um, we also kind of learn a little bit about Donnie's life at school. He's got some friends, but there's some bullies. School is weird because it's like, it's a private school, but like all the kids in the neighborhood go there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a private school exclusive to Middlesex, Virginia. Which, <laughs> which would still make it a public school, technically. <laughs> but... It's private? Yeah, that's... Like, I went to a public school, but it was Vernon School, and the entire town of Vernon went there, and nobody outside of Vernon went there, so... Maybe it's more of... Instead of a public, maybe it's more of a pubic school. Of course. Now I don't want to see under any of those girl skirts. (laughs) You don't know. Uh, You don't know what's under there. I don't want to know what's under there. Uh, a lot of weird people, including this, uh, including this big fat girl that's bullied, and she's Chinese, and she wears headphones, and 
Yeah, Harry, Harry uh, headphones. One of the bullies is Seth Rogen in his feature film debut. I wish you would have uh, not got cast again after that. Oh, yeah. Which that is was funny because uh, one of the comments I saw on this movie when I posted on Facebook was somebody saying, I'm a huge Seth Rogen fan and this is my favorite work of his. <laughs> that makes sense because so, he doesn't do anything. So I don't really know how to take that. but it's He's not trying to funny. yuck it up. Uh, but I got to tell you, the, the things with Seth Rogen that have come out with, uh, you know, that guy that does everything, me, no, uh, that yeah. guy. With, with I got it. What's, what's his name? This uh, is the end and stuff like the that. The director Evan Goldberg. No, the uh, the fella. James Franco. James yeah, Franco. James Franco. Yeah. yeah. So the stuff he's done with him has actually been good, mostly because he's playing himself, and that's what he's good at. Right. Well, I, uh, this is the end was hilarious, but that's because they were all bastardized versions of themselves. Yeah. And Michael Sarah yeah. was the star of that movie. Fantastic. Yes, but, uh, uh, so good old Donnie here, we're learning a little bit about his life, and he's in, he, he's, uh, he's got an English teacher that's very poetic, hmm. and that would be Drew Barrymore. Indeed, before uh, a reduction. He's got a gym teacher that's into making them, which is really into, like, weird motivational videos by this guy named Jim Cunningham, which is played by Patrick Swayze. So good. So timely. This is such a yeah. gym class that they don't even yeah. get dressed and they don't go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a great gym class. Um, and, of course, this also leads to friction between the gym teacher and Donnie's mother, who is very, very laid back for being the mother of a kid with so many problems. But, I don't know. If you want hey, to analyze it. She's the it, president of, a, of all the humans. Who are left alive after the Cylon attacks. <laughs> That's true. As she is, Mary McDonald. Or she was also the first lady and then she dies. Yeah. Was that, now, <clears throat> I didn't get to look this up, but is the father, was he the guy from, was he the dentist, uh, the orthodontist from Bob Newhart's show? Um, I'd have to. Which I, Bob Newhart show? Up. Which Bob Newhart? The Bob Newhart Show. I didn't say Newhart. I said The Bob Newhart Show. <laughs> yeah. oh, you got to be specific. Yeah. Let, me, let me set up a little bit of it. Uh, so, Well, everybody watched it, though, with you, right? But if, if you haven't, <clears throat> you might think you're walking into, like, uh, 16 Candles or something. It really has a, a teenage high school vibe about it They even use well. the music, right? Right, yeah. yeah. You Head over heels and... Yeah, you have like Echo and a Bunnyman and all, all these other type of uh, very new wavy types of songs and the way it's filmed, and but and that makes the the more interesting parts even more interesting because it's like you don't you don't feel creepy watching it because it's not like a, a, a kitty kid you know a teenager movie or something, um, but. Uh, it really has that vibe about it, and going back to watch it again, I, I was really reminded of, wow, some of this could be the Breakfast Club. That's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. And then <laughs> Evil Rabbit shows up and, you know, has <laughs> his eyeball. That ain't, that ain't okay. no Breakfast Club. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other character we got to talk about before we move back to the plot is Gretchen Ross. This is Jenna Malone's character. Uh, she just moved to town. And she's under a brand new identity because she has an incredibly violent stepfather. 
And uh, she's a little shy, a little apprehensive, and of course, Donnie takes a liking to her because he can relate to that. And her mom's and she... a non-caring lush. Yes. So, um, anyway, Donnie keeps having these weird encounters with Frank the Rabbit, and he keeps telling him to do stuff. And then Donnie does it, but he doesn't really... You'd think he doesn't recollect it, but then he does end up confessing to his therapist. Uh, yeah, but that's under he... hypnosis. Yes, it's under hypnotherapy. As he um, also starts trying to jerk off. Yes. Yes. That was a hilarious scene. Uh, I think about girls. I think about fucking. I think about fucking. <laughs> do, you think, do you think about it at home? And then uh, they, the therapist tries to change the subject, and he just keeps going back to yep. I think about just girls keeps, a lot. I'm going to watch Men with Children, thinking about fucking Christina Applegate. <laughs> That's right. Where does he was originally going to say Alyssa Milano? On, right, uh, but for legal reasons, they had to They weren't allowed it. to. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. So, um... Which I'd, I'd, you know, I would prefer Alyssa Milano. Yeah. That's I, just I, I me. Would, I think I would, too. Hmm. So, uh, She's got Donnie's... that weird chin bump, though. What is that? Eh. A little chin thing that happens. I'm not looking at her chin. So. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so uh, Donnie floods his school by taking out a water main. And because uh, Frank told him to. Now, of course, he denies this. And one of the bullies is being accused of it. And doesn't take too kindly to that. And pulls also, on a freaking switchblade, and I'm like, jeez. Yeah. I got bullied in school, but damn, yeah, I, never, I never got a switchblade pulled on me, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Donnie also burns down Jim Cunningham's house, which this, the cops end up discovering kitty porn. A hidden kitty porn dungeon. A hidden kitty porn room, so he gets arrested over that. This is after uh, Donnie basically tells him off at a live motivational speech. Pretty much tells him to go fuck himself. So good. So good. I think you're the fucking Antichrist, he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and during this time, Donnie also gets really interested in time travel because Frank brings up the subject. So he goes to his science teacher, which is Noah Wilde's character, um, who also eats hard candy throughout the film because Noah Wilde decided he was going to be diabetic. He's just like, hey, my character is a diabetic. All right, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> It's just an easy reason to eat candy the entire time. I think that's pretty much it. So, he gives him this book called The Philosophy of Time Travel, written by Roberta Sparrow. And Donnie's like, I know who that name is. Oh, that's this old lady who every day walks to her mailbox and stops in the middle of the street and Grandma almost gets death. run the fuck over. Grandma Death. But it's the same woman. I like the scene where he's hanging out with his friends on the hill and they can oversee her house. <laughs> they're, t- they're doing live commentary of her constantly walking <laughs> <Yes>. back to <laughs> Is there, there a mail today? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe there's mail now. That is such a, a cool little part of their hangout, their 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 fort, their club. It's an open air club, with just a few sofas and uh, recline a reclining chair, and uh, that's that's where they hang out. And, and girls are allowed. Girls are allowed. And you, what do you do? Like hit shoot bottles or something? Yeah, that's yeah. what. <laughs> that's how you pass the time. Yeah. But, uh, so, Donnie's therapist here is saying that his visions of Frank are called daylight hallucinations, and... Even though they're happening all entirely... They're all happening at night, right. (laughs) And this is part of paranoid schizophrenia. And, uh, yeah, 
Donnie then confesses that, uh, listen, Frank is gonna kill someone soon. So, that, you know, that's not creepy at all. Now, it's almost schizophrenic um, because he does believe it's true. Right. So that's where that plays in. And wait till you see how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> now, the good news is that uh, his younger sister, Samantha, her dance troupe gets to go to their finals. And um, they get picked up by, the, by Star Search. Yeah, that's right. They get picked up by Star Search. That's Finally, like, something oh, I can relate with instead of all this American Idol and stuff. <laughs> right? Because I'm 100. Of course. Now, would this have been Star Search '89, or would it still have been '88? Because we're I think talking about late late November here. So, well, I think it would. Have, I think it was still called '88. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. We have to uh, dig Ed McMahon up and uh, ask him. All right. Oh, geez. Hi-yo! <laughs> okay, we'll get right on that. I don't miss him. Oh damn. So. Uh, but here's Johnny. He says. <laughs> so of course the other important plot here is that. Um, <clears throat> The gym teacher, Kitty, wants to go testify in Jim Cunningham's defense. So she convinces Donnie's mother to be the uh, chaperone for the show. She's always, she's always like, bitching out yeah. at Donnie's mom. <laughs> you are a terrible... I sometimes I think you gotta dedicate it to the Yeah, girls. she does that. She does that elitist thing where she always has to take a deep breath before she makes her next point with her eyes closed. And you just want to. Well, she her always out. has to stop herself from saying, "You're a dumb bitch. You're yes. a terrible mother." <laughs> yeah, she's. I uh, have to disguise my thoughts with other words. Very yeah. self-righteous. The the character development is incredibly realistic. Right. Like, if, if these were a bunch of angsty teens with a lot of problems, this is how I would predict that they would be dealing with them. And if these were a bunch of dickhead teachers, this is exactly how I would expect them to act. Because I've totally met teachers like this before that have Oh, yeah, to she also themselves. gets Drew Barrymore fired, right? Yes. Because she's and like, this story, the top, you know? this story is pornographic. I'm like, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, right? But then, like, a week later, Drew Barrymore gets fired, and she runs outside and yells, fuck, but the fat girl's, like, two feet away from her. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was a funny scene. Yeah, you know, for, for such a, a weirdo movie, everything's quite believable, except it's so for the... so real. It's yeah. real. It's like baseball. Right. Now, here's another thing that Donnie's been noticing lately. Um, every time he looks at a person, time kind of slows down, and he sees this weird... It's like a bubble, like when you're... Remember those little things you'd blow bubbles on, and as your the bubbles coming out, it just looks like this big, kind of rainbowy type ball of liquid. Like a dick. Super bubble. Yeah, it looked like a bunch of liquid dicks. Good point, Dan. <laughs> it's <laughs> like the thing from Estarco. <laughs> just think of that, uh, except it's rendered better in Estarco. Or, or you could think about the thing that uh, from not the deep. What was that? Uh, Incredibly long movie that everyone hates and I like. Oh, the Abyss. There you go. It's like I've the not, water I've creature in the that, Abyss. So. Oh my gosh! How right. can you talk talkies? I've seen scenes of it because they were on like a Terminator 2 disc because they talked about how well, this is the CG we plan to do for the movie. You know what, though? In the Abyss. To be fair, a lot of our talk and talkies hit list are movies we haven't seen. That's good. That's so, uh, that's really good. That's one of one of the hopeful points of the yeah. show. So perhaps the abyss could become an official request by Wiggly <laughs> for a future watch because we take requests. Just yes. throwing it out there. Well, I I I, I demand a 
Woody Allen timber. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and it must include uh, bananas. Uh, the one in the future. Can't remember that one. Um, take the money Hall. and run. And uh, one other one. Annie I can't Hall. think of. I'll submit it. I actually like Annie Hall. Ooh. I didn't know what to expect the first time I watched it. Yeah. But I ended up enjoying it. That's when he lost me. Ah. I like but more. The, I like more of his shtick stuff. Oh, but that Christopher Walken cameo. Yeah, there there definitely are still moments in those. I I know uh, everything you wanted to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask because that also uh, has uh, Gene Wilder in it. So, and his part, his section is fantastic. <laughs> We've had a lot of Gene Wilder on this show already. Thanks, Mel Brooks. He's so good. Is Sorry, to, okay. What happens then? Predeterminism, well, fatalism, well, necessaryism. Well, yeah, we're, uh, okay. we're getting to the uh, big conclusion here because now Donnie and his sister are alone. They're going to have a Halloween party to celebrate her acceptance into Harvard. And uh, and I, I love that one of his friends is dressed like Hulk Hogan in like the cheapest Hulk Hogan costume ever. <laughs> He's wearing panties over <laughs> regular shorts. <laughs> It's like it's like this type of ghetto Hulk Hogan costume that you would make when you were a kid, though. Yeah, exactly his mustache is a gray mustache because I guess you couldn't find it like a you know yeah. a, a blondish one. Right, but at, this is the part where uh, Gretchen arrives at the party and says her mom has disappeared, and Donnie suddenly realizes this is only a few hours before Frank's proposal that the world is going to end. So, so better like, get laid. Yeah, he's like, all right, we gotta. We got to do this now. And right, he says, comes to a lot of temptation. He smokes, he drinks, and he has premarital sex. All things that Cunningham mentioned and, uh, in his monologue. Right. And, 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 the movie he took Gretchen to was Evil Dead, but what else was playing at the theater? <laughs> the last temptation of Christ. Christ. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely submits to temptation. So he goes to try to find Roberta Sparrow, but he actually finds the two bullies are robbing their house. With the stereotypical pantyhose on the head. Uh, they Which start... Seth Rogen's character takes off immediately. <laughs> yeah, immediately. <laughs> and uh, Alex Greenwald's character just gets his pulled off. Um, the fight spills out into the street. And here comes the Pontiac Trans Am from the opening scene of the movie, by the way. Uh, swerves to avoid Sparrow, who's once again in the middle of the street, <laughs> going to get her mail. And runs over Gretchen and kills her. The driver's the driver gets out of the car and it's the bunny suit, and it's Frank, Elizabeth's boyfriend, and Donnie, holding a pistol that he took from his parents' house, shoots him in the right eye, right in the you, eye, right in the eye. Now earlier when he had met Frank in the theater, he took off the hat, the mask, and he didn't have a right eye. It was as if it had been gouged out, like something had happened to it. Also, earlier than that, when he met Frank with that weird, like, force field around him, he mockingly stabbed him in the eye and took out his right eye. So, all that symbolism's coming around here. Well, this is where it kind of gets really confusing. As if it wasn't confusing already. So, Gretchen is dead. Donnie just killed Frank. And he's back into the hills where he was the beginning of the movie watching this airplane descend from above and the plane has his family on it as an engine blows out there's like a weird vortex in the sky yes this weird vortex and all the events reverse 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 
Reverse, reverse. And Donnie's back in bed. It's October 2nd, and he realizes what's happening and just starts laughing uncontrollably. The jet engine crashes into his bedroom, and all the characters that you've met throughout the movie, like, wake up. Some of them are in, like, a confused state. Some of them, like, they just had a nightmare. And all of them seem like they're just waking up from something. And they are. They are. They're waking up from time travel. Almost a month of time travel. Yep. Yeah, we, I think uh, we failed to mention when uh, in that movie theater scene, Frank the bunny shows Donnie about uh, the wormholes that can appear anywhere in, uh, in this one right. happens to appear in the movie, in the movie screen, and you can go down these tubes, and that's sort of this uh, the swirling thing that the, the plane is getting stuck in, um, right. and they're obviously going to crash, so... That's when Donnie realizes he has to drive up a hill towards this vortexy thing, and instead of making him go through, you know, time bandits or whatever, they just roll the film backward at, backwards, as you mentioned, and then uh, and then the, the, he decides to take one for the team. Yep, he saves he saves the world by giving his life. Which it's is the funny, phenomenology earlier, of agency. Yeah, earlier when they're like Donnie Darko. That almost sounds like it's a superhero name, and he says, well, what makes, it, what makes you think I'm not? He turns out to be a superhero in the end because he made the ultimate sacrifice. And his girlfriend and... goes on to win the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, lot of a lot of stars in this, you know? A lot of stars, yeah. Yeah, and the surprised. ending, Yeah, and that's how the movie concludes. She shows up at his house... And they're like, so what happens? As my my neighbor got killed, this little boy she's talking to, did you know him? She's like, no, I can't say that I did. And the the final the finale is her waving to Donnie's mother, with this weird like, I know you from someplace kind of recognition going on. But did they? Did they ever actually meet? They did in another timeline. Another timeline. But who knows? Who really knows? But but what what happened? What what timeline are we in? Um, We're in the darkest timeline. Yes. And the way that this this ties into two Jimmy Stewart movies, and the reason that I watched Harvey is because I wanted to make sure that I remembered things correctly. First of all, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a reverse. It's a Wonderful Life, but it definitely ties in with Harvey the because the world is better if Tony Darko is dead. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he did get to live his life, so you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting because he did get to live all of it. He had a fairly okay time. He got to he got to um, do things that we would only do cathartically. He got to do them in in real life, like you know, giving it to his school, giving it to that uh, idiot that's making millions of dollars off of uh, these uh, these rubes or whatever you want to call them, fleecing them of their money. Uh, Patrick Swayze did a fantastic job. Would have never expected Patrick Swayze to sway me, Z's, as he, he did. He put baby in a corner and kept he her there. He, he swayed you. He did. <laughs> but in uh, in in Harvey, of course, Harvey's a, a giant six foot three and a half inch rabbit as well. But no one can see him. He's invisible to everyone except. Uh, James, one James Stewart, and then his psychologist actually, or his psychiatrist actually gets to meet him as well, but you never get to see him as the audience. 
Uh, but he's talking to the psychiatrist or the head of the mental institution. I, I don't, they just call him doctor, head of, head of the mental institution. And he, he, uh, he mentions, uh, he, he, he wants to hang out. He wants Harvey to come with him, the, the, the dean of the, the leader of this um, mental institution. He wants Harvey to come with him because he finally understands about Harvey and believes in Harvey. And so he's talking to, to uh, James Stewart, whose name is Elwood in the movie. And Elwood says to the doctor, well, you, you, heard, about, you heard about people who, whose face could stop a clock? Well, Harvey can stop a clock. He just has to look at it. And when he, when he, when he stops a clock, time and Harvey's stops. got a bag this big. <laughs> You can go anywhere you like with anyone you like. Why, why did he turn into <laughs> turned into uh, like, uh, here's Johnny, um, and and you can stay as long as you like. And when you get back, no one knows at a minute will have ticked away. And he goes, "See, fucking Narnia." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, "See, science has overcome time and space, but Harvey has overcome not only time and space." But any objections? So it's a, you know, so it's a combination of two Jimmy Stewart movies, in my opinion, plus Sixteen Candles. Yeah, it's a cool way to look at it. But all with all with you know, uh, very good twists. Now, one of the main things I also like about this movie a lot is that it doesn't say Donnie Darko got to use a hundred. 25% of his brain instead of 10%. Oh, and yeah, I can yeah. go through That's time it. worms. Which has been way too <laughs> overplayed in a couple of recent blockbusters, too. Uh, it's just so ridiculous because we use all of our brain. Um, I've gone into this on a Wiggly World. Uh, but... Uh, but besides that, I'm glad that it's not that. I mean, it does get a little theological, but that's okay because we're talking about determinism. So there's theological determinism. There's biological determinism. There's uh, predeterminism, fatalism, a hard incompatibility isms, uh, and a, a whole bunch of other isms. And that's where this this thing that comes out of the people shows where they're going to go in. It's it's sort of like predeterminalism. But I am thirsty. I'm going to get a beer. Exactly. <laughs> so it's all about agency, you know, th those aspects, and it's it's about changing, changing your mind, really trying to capture free will. But the only way to do that is to somehow bend time and kill and, yourself. Uh, and kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. Christmas, Christmas comes to Packland. Waka waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> Waka, 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 Pac-Man. So, uh, and, and the last thing I'll say about it is, is uh, in Estarco, there's a lot of laying down. Estarco, too, too many people decide to uh, be altruistic, perhaps, if that's what we call, want to call what Donnie did. Um, but the, the fuck-a-suck of, of um, Donnie Darko, that part of... S. Darko would be when one character says to the other, what do you think God's farts taste like? And S. Darko replies, marshmallow peeps. Uh. Thank you. Yeah. I do a lot of work for Just Born. Chiz is the brand manager of peeps. Good night, everybody. I consider that a hit. I'm putting it on the reel. <laughs> um, I also failed to mention that the actress who plays S. Darko is the little girl from The Ring, also Lilo. 
Yeah, she is Lilo, and she is the ring creepy. So she she plays a great creepy person in the second one. But uh, you know, like I said, watch it. It's not that it's not as long as uh, Donnie Darko. Um, right. Watch it, but watch it before the next time you watch um, Donnie Darko. Okay, so it was at least worth checking out. Um, uh, we got one interactive comment from the man who requested the film. Matt Awesome said that it was one of those DVDs that he got as a gift shortly after it came out. <laughs> he watched it, and at the end he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, so I watched it a few more times, so it would make sense, and it became his all-time favorite movie. When he was 18, he's 31 now, he got the Frank the Bunny tattoo, which was his first tattoo. So you can tell he is definitely a fan of this movie. Um, he's a fan of the director's cut, which I haven't actually seen. I will definitely want to check that out. Maybe I'll do the S. Darko and then follow it up with a director's cut. That'd yeah, like I said, you're, you're probably not going to like <clears throat> S. Darko. Uh, I've never seen a good review, as you mentioned. It, it isn't yeah, But I'll go good. into it with an open mind, so. And, and more importantly, as, as a, sort of like the, it's sort of like the Sherbert. You know, it's a palate cleanser. Right, right. Shows you how good other things could be. Yeah. And uh, Matt also wants to point out that he was a Donnie Darko fan because before it became Hot Topic Cool. So oh, is it Hot Topic Cool? It is, yes. That's the, it is one of those Hot Topic Cool. So films. he's a Donnie Darko hipster, huh? Indeed. Well, um, S. Darko has a much better uh, a face because it gets forged out of metal uh, by this artist. So it's the, it's the, um... You know, same type of mask, but it's all made out of metal. So it's like steampunk Frank. Ah, uh, steampunk Frank. <laughs> but he, it's, a he's bunny, a, much... a bunny that needs steam power. <laughs> yeah. He's... Well, I've seen steampunk Pikachu before, so I'm not surprised by anything. It reminds um, me of that one episode of Monster High. Oh, no, where... Monster High again. <laughs> I'm a wreck and roll! <laughs> Hey, before I mean, before I was a video game. I mean, I was pinball. You were a before pinball. Before I was a video game. I mean, I was a pinball. I, I did laugh my ass off at your uh, Monster High comments at the Pie Crust. This week. I don't know why that came out. <laughs> um, before we get to Dan's cool facts, I just got two little facts that I enjoy talking about this movie. Um, originally, Donnie was going to go see Chud at the movie theater, but they couldn't get the rights. So Sam Raimi was like, "Show the Evil Dead free of charge," because Sam Raimi's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, Donnie was originally going to be played by Vince Vaughn, but he turned down the offer because he's decisively not a teenager. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg wanted to play the part, but would Oof. only do so if he could have a lisp. <laughs> then they moved on to Jason Schwartzman, but scheduling conflicts did not allow that to happen, so they ended up with Jake Gyllenhaal. I can just uh, try, I'm just trying to imagine Mark Wahlberg with a lisp. I don't see that coming out well at all. No, I even don't. if he got the part, which would stink. But yeah, just I Jake think we've got a transformer. <laughs> Frank made me burn down the school. And By the way, he still would be way too old too. Yeah, he really. That, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's expressions, the lighting on this film. I I, I can't really find fault with this film. Um, and that, that's that's uh, yeah. that's really something for me to say that because I find fault with almost yeah. everything. <laughs> oh, and the other the other fun fact is that uh, the uh, pr- person on the trampoline in the Ronald Reagan mask is a direct <laughs> it's a direct reference to Hunter S. Thomas doing the exact same thing. We've already talked about him on this show. 
Hmm. So, uh, Dan, what do you got? Uh, we covered it all while we were talking about the movie. Oh, okay, so, so there's, there are your facts about Donnie Darko. Um, really? You got any facts? I got a fact, uh, evidently, Santa doesn't wear socks. Just bare feet under there. Oh, man. Well, yeah, so think about that. Wet leather on foot. I don't think I'll be able to stop that. Oh, like extremely cold and extremely wet leather. Yeah. And, and the Ugh. smell. Yeah, but you know, he only wears those one day a year. That's true. But you know, they've never gotten into detail about what Santa smells like. Everybody's like, oh, he probably smells uh, like Probably marshmallow cheer. peach. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a callback. Um, um, my my official comment for Donnie Darko is this. It's I'm a fan of this movie. I think it's very well done. Like Wiggly said, it's really hard to find fault with it. But it's not one of those movies that you generally watch a lot of. It's kind of like that once a year, I'm bored, I want to watch a movie, what haven't I seen in a while? Oh, Donnie Darko, haven't watched that in like a year. I think I'll put that one on today. That's how yeah. I kind of view this film. Sure. Because, because it does have twists and it does have elements that once you're exposed to them then that's the end of it you know yeah it loses the initial impact but it's cool to go back and watch it again with a fresh mind and like i, I think i said at the beginning of the show it's probably been about four years since i'd actually seen this movie so it was pretty cool to go back in with a fresh mind and look at it from a different perspective and be like i know what's going to happen but now i'm actually seeing the little nuances that are predicting what's going to happen and you kind of appreciate it that way yeah i say watch it twice Absolutely. And because it is so good, that's another reason you can go back to it. I mean, you can still go back to that, that I see dead people thing. Um, right. But I actually knew the twist of that movie before I ever saw it for real. Oh, but it didn't, it didn't. It didn't matter because I still yeah. liked the movie. Yeah, I mean, that one you can go back to less, but it's still, uh, the, the acting's very, is done very well. Everything's done quite well on it so at some point you can go back to it, especially if you're exposing it to uh, somebody new right like um one of my favorite movies and i know that dan has chosen not to do this on the show in the future just for personal preference is american history x mm. uh, great movie absolutely love it but one of those films that i gotta keep a lot of time in between my watchings because it's very intense sure it's a very very intense film That's if you like, guys have seen yeah. it you know exactly i think what I'm it's, talking about. it's a movie i think everyone should watch but yeah but you don't have you watch to watch it, it twice. Like, you don't need to watch it twice. Yeah. It's it's so good, but it's it's a very, very intense movie. So, um, Donnie Darko, great film. I'm really glad we reviewed it. Thank you, Matt Awesome, for the review. Matt's great. Yes. Matt, Matt has been dude. a longtime supporter of, uh, of my projects as well. Yeah, Matt's a cool guy. He's really good about helping us get the word out there. He helps us promote, so... Matt, you are always welcome to be on the show. Recommend anything you want for the show. We'll always keep Matt Awesome as a loyal listener. But he must speak with a lisp. Of course, yes, yes, Matt. If you ever come on the show, you got to do your whole role with a lisp. You do it too. That's cool enough to do that. Hmm. Um, as we said, this is Listener Request Month, and next week, uh, listener Aaron Koditz has suggested that we do the Kill Bill movies, and we will be reviewing both Part One and Two. Which, to be fair, Kill Bill was supposed to be one film, so... I'm actually out. glad I'm not going to be on that one. Are you not a Kill Bill fan? I have a Quentin Tarantino uh, um, hatred because of my jealousy of him. He's basically 
gets to do whatever he wants to. He could take from whatever films he's seen in the past and put it in a movie and make lots of millions of dollars and be credited as, uh, you know, inventing the idea. But, uh, I mean, his movies are very good. Uh, I, I enjoy them almost uh, every, everyone I've seen. I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I, I know where some of these parts come from, chopping people in half and having you know, um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of these other things. But uh, but it's mostly out of jealousy that I'm I'm uh, I'm sad with him. All right. So uh, tune in next week for the Kill Bill movies. Uh, Wiggly will not be here to talk about his jealousy <laughs> with no. Tarantino. But uh, man, come back to the show anytime you want. We'd be happy to have you. No. Okay. Well, that's pack home. month hashtag waka 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 waka. Yes. And uh, guys, check out that giant media ball. It's like this giant ball of media. But uh, Dan, what's that other thing about it? There's no fleas. No, that's just right there. No fleas. It's very important. We're, we're coming out with uh, actual some merch for it. And what it is is a flea collar. It says uh, giant meaty ball on it. Um, you, and you wear it around your wrist. It does give you a rash. And you might have to use some type of knife to cut it off uh, or tin snips. But, you know, <laughs> the, it's, it's for a good cause. Of course. And it does keep the fleas off your arm. I should get those for my cats and represent giant media ball <laughs> flea collars on my cats. It's happening. It's going to happen. Of course. It must. So uh, thank you, guys. This was Talkin' Talkies, and we're going to see you guys right here next week. Kill Bill is your homework. Get Thanks, on. fellas. Thank you. Bye.